Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The VLN on RS3. On RS3. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Welcome back. And if you'd just uh, been running in angry that you'd missed the first hour and 20 minutes of VLN2, you missed the opening lap. We started the race between 15 and 20 minutes late because a little flurry of rain just before the start turned into snow at the far end of the Nürburgring Nordschleife. We had one racing lap, and by the time the third group of cars was coming through, they'd already thrown the red flags. The leading cars in SP9 had uh, set forth onto their second lap, but conditions were changing for the worse and changing very, very rapidly indeed. At the outset of the race, we had a brilliant start by Jens Klingman, who uh, put his BMW Falcon Motorsport car in front of the pole-starting Audi, the Land Motorsport car of Christopher Meese. But uh, he looks like he was going to pull away, and indeed he did through the first half of the lap. But he was hunted down and passed by another BMW, the Schnitzer example, in the hands of Martin Tomczyk. However, only one lap on the board. The red flag was flown. We're waiting for news about a possible restart time be about another five minutes or so until any decision is made. But uh, just to re- reiterate, uh, it's me, Bruce Jones, Paul Truswell alongside me in the booth. We're anxious to go racing, but it was absolutely the right decision, Paul, for the race to be stopped it, because visibility was down to next to nothing. It was uh, a perfect storm, wasn't it? Um, yeah, the visibility came down, the clouds came in, the snow was flurrying, swirling. Uh, it wasn't really coming down, it was just existing. Um, but then it started to settle um, and at various points of the circuit, there was there, there was no green between the edge of the circuit and the, the barrier it was just white um, we also had the get speed Mercedes the number two car off the circuit with its tail pointing into the barrier um, there were probably a couple of other cars off around the circuit as well um, and there was no choice really but to uh, to, to bring the, uh, the the race to a halt with the red flag um, about 15 cars I reckon were on their second lap of the race all the rest were still on their first lap of the race therefore uh, it's it wasn't a race um, the they won't be doing it in any way as a as a two-part race so all the uh, good decisions that were made in that first part of the race will count for nothing it'll be if the race is restarted then it will be um, a completely fresh start with the original grid positions so uh, Rene Rast's Land Motorsport Audi uh, will be starting again from pole position, um, despite the uh, car having had um, a rather disappointing first lap and ending up at the end of the uh, first lap down <coughs> in fifth place. Christopher Meese it was who took the start. Um, in terms of uh, where we are, what happens next, if, it's, if we can get two hours and 40 minutes in, uh, then it's full points. Um, so th- there will be full championship points for two hours and 40 minutes. Anything over um, an hour and 10 minutes, sorry, an hour and 20 minutes, uh, anything over an hour and 20 minutes up to that two hours and 40 minutes, we'll see the half points awarded. Um, but if we can't get an hour and 20 minutes in, then there are no points um, to be scored. So therefore, uh, it isn't a championship round. Now, I was just having a little look at the lap times. So the flying had a rolling start and pole yes. time was eight minutes, absolute 
square running yes. race at that time. And the, the leading car at the end of the opening lap, the Schnitzer BMW, Martin Tomczyk, 8 minutes 53. So just to give you an indication of the arrival of difficult conditions for them around that opening lap, showing how far they were off that uh, qualifying pace. But then, of course, it got... <laughs> it took about well, 23 hours to come around on the uh, when they decided to stop the race because the cars were coming in at 40 kilometres an hour. There's a piece of me, actually. Um, eight minutes and 53. Um, are you surprised it's as quick as that? Because there's a piece yes. of me that actually is, is surprised. Cause, um, First half of the lap was pretty dry. Uh, yes, but thereafter, the conditions were fairly horrible. Um, and there were... Um, I mean, there were Code 60 areas being shown uh, fairly early on, uh, although whether it was when the GT3 cars had already got through or not, I don't know. But uh, yes, to lose less than a minute, uh, in effect, on that uh, opening lap was uh, certainly an indication that uh, everybody was trying hard and thinking that they had a proper race to get on with. Yeah, and we uh, did have places changing, and certainly the, the Tom Trick Schnitzer that came round into the leaders' race. Another car rising was, we've talked about this uh, earlier in the broadcast, was Jerome Blakemolen going from 11th up to 4th in the Dodge Viper. But had they started literally three minutes later, I think we'd have seen a lap time of about 12 minutes rather than just under nine. That yeah. was how fast it got bad. But um, something of a surprise um, as well... Um what I was going to say. Oh, yes, um, was the fact that it was the Schnitzer BMW that was leading the way because the way that the uh, the Falcon-tired car uh, got underway, the uh, Frank Stippler-driven car, number 32, um, that made such a good start and was leading by a good 10 lengths. So they went out onto the Nordschleife um, at the beginning of the um, first racing lap. Um, I thought that, that the, the, this might be um, conditions tailor-made for Falcon and their, um, I say, specialist tyres. Then that they are, I mean, everybody has pretty much uh, specialist tyres these days, but uh, Nürburgring suitable tyres. Um, and um, I thought this might well be a, a day for Falcon, but uh, the fact that the Schnitzer cars got themselves in front was very impressed with this is indeed. Yeah, that car collection Audi sort of tucked in behind with uh, Frank Stippler at the wheel. But two cars decided to take, come into the pits rather than take the start, and that was the Phoenix Racing uh, Audi, uh, number five, and the Conrad Motorsport Lamborghini. They went on to a tyre more suitable for the arrival of the... Uh, really grim weather and they were really hacking their way up the order when the red flag was flown and in fact onboard footage showed them going past um, some you know very impressive SP9 uh, well, uh, challengers but they were slipping and sliding they had grip but we've got a little bit of blue sky starting to arrive I know I, oh, I, I said it too soon yes, no, 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 it's far too soon um, but uh, yes let's keep our fingers crossed that uh, the weather conditions do improve um, certainly would seem to be uh, as bright now uh, as they were at about 11 o'clock when we first started uh, seeing pictures uh, being streamed through from uh, the Nürburgring and it's uh, certainly bright and sunny at the moment um, no I mean what, what particularly impressive with the performance of the Phoenix and Conrad cars the Audi and the Lamborghini um, they came through in um, 19th and 20th places at the end of the first lap, having started uh, at the back of the lead group. Uh, now, the lead group will have been at least 50 cars. So they will have got through 30 cars on that opening lap. Um, and uh, whatever the conditions were, um, both the Audi and the Lamborghini were extremely well suited uh, to those conditions. And no doubt they'll be kicking themselves or kicking the fact that the race had to be stopped because... Uh, 
that uh, again had things have panned out somewhat differently and the conditions um, wor didn't worsen as quickly and as um, uh, as uh, in, in such an extreme fashion as they did um, then th if the race had been able to continue then that might have played very nicely into the uh, Phoenix Audi team's hands yeah I, th I think we in fact by uh, the time the red flag was flown when they got onto I think the first timing sector on the second lap they were up to 15th and 16th I think it was 15th and 16th 15th and 16th yeah. Michele De Martino head of Colp so the 7 Lamborghini the Conrad car ahead of the number 5 Audi but I think it just can't be overstressed Paul how fast the conditions deteriorated mm. and um, so not only were they gaining hand over fist but they're you know, for those that hadn't come in, they were going to slip and slide and slip well, and slide all the more, literally. Ex with every exactly, and that was that was what was what was so bizarre was that at the end of the first lap, we we weren't sure who was going to come in, who was going to stay out, but uh, a, a large number of them did stay out, uh, and I think that was instrumental as well in the decision to throw to throw the red flag. Uh, it wasn't, I mean, as I said a moment ago, it was a, a perfect storm. It wasn't just the fact that it was snowing. It wasn't just the fact that the track became very wet. Uh, the runoff areas were icy, covered in snow, but also the visibility had uh, descended to um, a few hundred meters, if that, um, because of the um, because of the cloud which just came down and settled on the circuit, uh, and you you couldn't see from one marshal's post to the next. Yeah, I mean, don't make me a team manager. Now, when the cars were starting their second lap, and the first the SP9s were making their pits to change tyres, I was still thinking another lap was worthwhile. Unfortunately, yeah. I opened my mouth and had that thought come out, so I can't call it back in. But uh, it was what happened over the next minute or two that really, really changed, brought out that red flag, the way the visibility went to nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, advice coming through that uh, parts of the track still has much snow. Very um, much snow. <laughs> Try to <laughs> yes, Which sorry. is I, I, more. I, is more. Very much snow is more, yes. Yeah. Um, but and again... Looking at the images of the start-finish straight, it looks as though it's just been a wet track and it's drying. In fact, pit exit, you can almost see dry yeah. circuits. So the sun is shining on that, but the snow we saw at the far end that left us with no grass around the circuit, only snow, and is I, uh, clearly still there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, even though the sun is shining, temperature is still uh, barely above freezing. Watch the clock, Paul, because uh, they will decide, apparently, race control within the next 30 to 40 minutes, which will take it past what should have been the midpoint in the race about whether the race is going to be restarted. Red flag after one flying lap uh, for the front runners and those that tail end of the field, uh, a lot of them just pulled into the pits anyhow because visibility came down to really, really dangerous levels. As Paul just said, couldn't see from one marshal's post to the next and that's a point past which you cannot go. Let's, um, I don't know, just trying to work out what options are available. Um, I'm assuming that the organisation would be quite happy to run the race through until five o'clock this afternoon, although the race would normally have been stopped at four. I'm assuming that they'd be quite happy to run it until five. There's certainly daylight available uh, for that. Uh, if they were to run until, say, five o'clock, uh, and it would be a two-hour and 40-minute race, then they'd have to get it underway by 2.20 in the afternoon at the very latest. Now, in order to get the race underway at 2.20, you really need to be out on the grid by or setting off on your formation lap by 2 o'clock. That's only half an hour away. So and in the scope of 30 to 40 minutes to make that decision, we're uh, right on the cusp. Yeah, exactly so. So uh, the suggestion was that it would take another half an hour before a decision will be made. Um, and as I say, that's going to put us pretty close to not having a full 
points race. Nothing to stop them having a half points race. Um, and you have to get an hour and 20 minutes completed in order to get a half points race done. Um, and the other question, which um, I'm grateful to Time Certain Clock for sending through information about this, which is all in the regulations, but uh, um, with so many other screens around me, I haven't been able to look at that one. Um, if we do lose the round altogether, then it effectively becomes a dropped score. Um, so for the remainder of the season, um, you have... Um, a further seven rounds to count, so one more dropped score to make. However, the VLN might choose to insert another race as a VLN race, um, and what I don't know is whether they might be able to make the, for example, the 24-hour qualification race also a round of the VLN. Um, now, that might take some um, alterations to regulations um, because they're run to slightly different rules because the 24-hour qualification race is run as an ADAC race rather than as a VLN race but I'm sure uh, they could squeeze that in as a VLN qualification race if they wanted to. Yeah and you can, you can be absolutely certain these conversations have been uh, surfacing ever since the snow started to fall on what had been a lovely spring morning cold but cr crisp cold Actually, what I think of is fantastic Nürburgring Nordschleife weather, but we know it very, very seldom stays on one type of weather for the whole day, particularly any season bar the summer. But then <laughs> and, again, and, and even in the summer, <laughs> yes, even in the in the depths of summer. But um, again, with nine rounds typically across the championship, you know you're going to get some cold, wet ones. Oh, you'll yes. get some hot ones, and you'll get some with fog. Well, we've, we've had the fog. We've now had the snow. Particularly when you got the the season starts in March and runs through till October, um, that there is um, every prospect for all kinds of weather throughout the season, uh, including um, warm sunny days for the uh, races that run in August and September. Um, but uh, they're the ones that stick in the mind. You tend to forget the rainy ones, but you know <laughs> they're out there somewhere in the VLN. I think your your concept of possibly taking over the uh, Nürburgring 24-hour qualification race is a sensible one because the calendar's really pretty pretty jammed. Yeah, and... Uh, as it is with the, the nine rounds. And the... Um the other aspect to it, of course, is the um, the big one, the Nürburgring 24 hours, which uh, does uh, eat into the VLN calendar in a certain uh, way, um, but also gives the uh, entrance an opportunity to pre-qualify for the top 40 shootout um, by finishing in the top positions within a VLN race. Now, if you don't have the VLN race, then, of course, you don't get that opportunity. Um, Although qualification, qualifying did happen, uh, qualifying um, did take place this morning. And uh, so we had a full um, um, qualifying session to set the grid positions. And that also contributes to uh, Nürburgring 24 hours. But uh, we were saying earlier on, Bruce, I mean, the the whole status of the Nürburgring 24 hours. I mean, it's, it's one of those events that's been running for a long, long time, but it's, it's as high a profile now as it's ever been. I mean, time was when uh, it was a race run predominantly for Caterhams and Lotus 7s um, back in the 60s. Um, but it's then progressed from that to being a full um, kind of saloon car specials into being uh, what it is now. Yes, I mean, back in the days of the... Uh Europe, FIA European Touring Car Championship that metamorphosed into the World Touring Car Championship absolutely tip top tip top tin top yes action there and, and the, the pits and pit lane were as packed as they are now it's still 
the complexion of the race, the, the, the makeup of the race keeps on changing. But I would say at the moment, it, it Star has been very much in the ascendancy for the past uh, half dozen years and it yeah. shows no sign of abating. In fact, more and more global awareness. And for the manufacturers who come and take their supercars to set really fast laps around the Nordschleife, it has even more resonance. Mm. You were talking earlier, I can't remember if it was on air or, or off air, about how the Nürburgring Nordschleife, lots of young gamers have been, yeah. was that on air? I can't yes, remember. Yes, had been yes. awakened to the charms and the, and of this circuit and didn't realise it was for real. By golly, it's for real. And it's never proved itself more real than it has this morning. No, I, 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 uh, it, it was one of those conversations that I read rather than one that I actually participated in. But it was literally a story of uh, an American gamer talking about the fact that he had this uh, circuit called the Nordschleife. This is going back 15 years, probably. Um, and... Uh, talking about the fact that he had this circuit uh, on his computer uh, and what a brilliant circuit it was and only what a, what a shame it was that it didn't exist in real life. Um, and the reply came through, actually, it does exist in real life and they do race on it and there is a 24-hour race on it. Think about that. Um, and as I say, the total awareness of uh, this circuit... Um, which, as I say, I mean, it used to hold the German Grand Prix. It used to hold the Nürburgring 1,000 kilometres. It used to be part of the fabric of world motorsport. Then it didn't anymore because the, the new Grand Prix loop was built, the Neue Nürburgring was built, um, and everybody kind of assumed that, much like the back of Hockenheim, um, the, the, the back of the Nordschleife had just been left to rack and ruin, but it mm. never was. It was always still used for, for something. And a lot of that, Bruce, goes back to what you were saying earlier on, is the industry wanting to use the Nordschleife for what it was built for in the first place to test out their, 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 uh, their brand. Yes, that, that element has never been more so. The good news is we've got cars leaving the pit lanes. Oh, we've no, got this is car. highlights. Oh, this it's is highlights, of course, of race one. I was yes. busy, so engrossed in our conversation. Yes, but these are highlights from earlier today now being put out on the vln.de, the live streaming on the website. And we had fallers even on the formation lap. They, the well, def was, deformation lap for it some was of them. Just, it was just as the cars were coming out onto their formation lap that the snow started. Before the cars were let out of the pits, it was bright sunshine. Um, and we then were informed that uh, the start would be delayed while the race control took a look out on the far side of the circuit. But the, at that point, when they started investigating, it was still not too bad. It was just rain on the edge of snow on the start-finish straight. But then, in no time at all, suddenly the visibility just came down and down and down. So... They delayed the start by 15 to 20 minutes and thought, OK, it's eased off. Let's go racing. And it didn't look too bad on the opening lap. We had a couple, a couple, a couple of spinners down at the tail of the leading group. But uh, as they made their way round to start the race, it was sunshine. But yes, we were still getting cars going around. And that just echoed the fact that it was uh, still wet offline. Uh, wet from a flurry of rain. They couldn't see on the start finish straight. When we got to the start, the Walken Horse Motor... Sorry, the uh, Falcon Motorsport BMW roared into the lead and seemed to be pulling clear. One of the Lamborghinis went off. That was the number 20 car. Renault Clear had a little bash up the tail end. But generally, it was all good clean stuff on a pretty much a dry track. But moments later, around the far end of the circuit, it was full wet. The red flags were pulled out very, very quickly indeed because it was a lack of visibility. But uh, the fact was, at number 930, the KTM crossbow went for a second spin. While the cars from the middle pack of the three were experiencing really, really grim weather around the back of the circuit, the ones at the front of the field, it was still relatively dry. They went on to start their second lap, but then the red flag was flown soon after that, long before the second of the three groups uh, 
came to take the start of their second lap, so they were able to, to pull off, and it took forever to get the rest of the cars back around the circuit. Number Big. two, Mercedes went for a spin, unfortunately, and sat with its tail to the barriers. But you could see just how bad the conditions were getting as well with the fog. And it, that this was not snow causing the problem, Bruce, as much as lack of visibility. We talked about it. The fog descended. There was uh, a big, heavy cloud that just came over and descended upon the circuit, uh, making visibility absolutely impossible um, on the run back. And remember, on the Dottingahoa, you're doing in excess of 200 kilometers an hour. And you don't want to be doing that when you can't see more than 40, 50 yards ahead of you. Yeah, the, the final sort of half, maybe the final third of the lap was where the fog was really, really hanging. And of course, that does include the dotting of her. But uh, you need your sight lines through the, through the twisting corners before that. And the good news is the, those sight lines have come back, at least in the area of the circuit around the Grand Prix loop. The cloud is lifting, but uh, as ever with the Nordschleife, you have to consider what's happening in the far beyond. So we're waiting for... Decisions from race control may wait a little longer, but uh, the clouds have started to roll away. We've actually got blue sky now, not just sun trying to come through. So conditions are changing, but I just got to reiterate again that uh, the weather forecast for today was weather blowing in and out. We thought it might be little flurries of rain. Nothing rare about that on the Nordschleife at this time of year. And um, we were ready for that. We weren't ready for the snow. We certainly weren't ready for the, the fog and uh, race control absolutely doing the right thing in terms of throwing that red flag because conditions I've, I've almost never seen conditions go downhill as fast as they did this morning indeed and uh, the, the problem was of course that it, it wasn't just difficult conditions it was seriously dangerous conditions um, and with cars on slick tires I mean I, I was put in mind of the uh, of the Nürburgring 24 hours of four or five years ago when uh, we had a hailstorm in the middle of May can you believe and uh, the climb up towards the carousel became uh, so treacherous that uh, you had GT3 cars just spinning their wheels trying to get up the hill uh, and not managing it because it, it, they'd had this hailstorm. Um, and uh, at that point, the race had to be stopped as well. Um, but because it was May, it was that much warmer ambient conditions, you couldn't see them not being able to restart. Um, uh, you know, the, the, there was a, a, just a general warmth about the place where uh, it just was wet, uh, whereas this is um, proper wintry conditions that we have here. We'll see what happens, um, and hopefully we'll be, we'll be, we will be able to get something underway again, because as you say, although there are clouds about at the moment, the Nürburgring bathed in sunshine. But... Ambient temperature has not been lofty today, so it's going to take quite a long time to dry out, even with full sun. Wind appears to have dropped, but uh, right now we can't tell when they get going again, if indeed they get going again, because it's uh, <laughs> they've got to be confident that the weather's going to be sufficiently benign. I think rain is okay. That's fine. We can deal with that. We've deal with, dealt with it many, many times, but they've got to be sufficiently confident to put the show back on the road and right now we're still waiting for any comment i think um, part of the problem as well is going to be uh with, you know what happens um if it i mean if it would be sunny like this and then we had another of those uh, snow flurries uh you'd have again cars on slick tires on uh, a track which is suddenly becoming wet and i think it's that sudden change if there is another sudden change that's what they really really want to want to avoid at all costs so, there is a hiatus for VLN2 at the Nürburgring Nordschleife with the middle of April and we've got the weather you might have expected more in February or even early March 
and what had been a, a bright sunny morning albeit cold has become very difficult and I think you're absolutely spot on there Paul it's not just the, the changing of the weather it's who's on which tyres uh, when if indeed any further really awful weather hits the circuit right now it's all looking fairly fine and uh, waiting for any signal from race control all the cars are either in the paddock or in the pit garages trying to keep uh, dry a few are having little bits of bodywork repair done to them there are a few knocks and scrapes around that opening lap including also the formation lap but uh, but of course being a new race because the first part of the race won't count at all it doesn't matter what they do to the cars they won't have had they won't have been in part fairme conditions uh, for the last uh, how long ago? Almost two hours. Um, they won't have been in part fairway conditions, so they will uh, have been being worked on and uh, refettled practically into brand new cars, if uh, uh, if necessary. In some cases, we uh, did notice that Clio there was a Porsche that had damage at the front, and uh, so uh, where work needs to have been done, um, it will have been able to uh, to be done. OK, well, I think we're going to take a further break because news, in fact, the news has just come through that uh, the red flag was, was the final flag of the day. VLN2 has been cancelled because uh, further adverse weather is expected. It's cold, it's wet off the racing line. And uh, I'm afraid, I, I think maybe in, in many ways it's difficult when we're looking at sunshine and, and uh, broken clouds, but they've taken the decision, Paul, to call it quits for today. I think that also comes around to the mathematical numbers we were working towards about how much time you would have had to run a race in which you can score points. I think, yes, to get, to get a full points race in. And uh, the, the, the VLN, I, I must admit, when I first started um, getting involved with the VLN, I didn't realise quite what such a big deal the championship itself is. Um, and I had a conversation with some people uh, involved with BMW, actually, when they were upgrading from the 235i to the M240i. Um, and they were telling me that the, the, the whole VLN was so crucial to their entire marketing process. Um, and, you know, this is BMW, remember. It's not as if BMW aren't involved in, um, in other forms of motorsport. They're involved in, you know, in uh, uh, sports car racing, in world championship racing around the world. Um, but the VLN is crucial to their marketing uh, strategy and so to, to upgrade the 235i to the 240i was very very important to them so um, you know the VLN is a big thing um, and it won't have been a matter to be considered lightly for the race control to uh, to cancel the race to ab effectively abandon the race meeting after less than one full racing lap. So much as Paul and I would have loved to have commentated through four hours of fierce and furious racing action around the ner mighty Nürburgring Nordschleifer, I'm afraid it has been beaten by the weather today and alas, the race will not be restarted. Hopefully we'll have further news for you through the, through the week ahead about when, if there will be a rescheduled event through the year, if the Nürburgring 24-hour qualification race will become around the VLN. Uh, but uh, for now, what we're going to do, we're going to cut away. But do not leave RS3 because we've got a Super GT preview. Of course, all the action kicking off very soon. And that will follow right now, coming next on RS3. So from Paul Truswell and me, Bruce Jones, we've been thwarted today. We will be back. But uh, thank you for joining us. Next time, we'll give you more racing. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.